and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. Gentlemen, would you say hello? Kevin Kenora, Biblical Counselor. Sam Schmidt, Pastor at Sacred City Moline. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Okay. If you're just joining us, we are in the middle of a series that we're walking through a book called The Christian. No, it's called uh, The Spiritual, Spiritual Disciplines Discipline. of the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. And it's kind of a classic in the last 20 years or so on, you know, if a person comes to faith and, you know, God changes them, brings them to death, to life. Okay, now what do I do as a Christian? Like, what are the habits of a Christian? What, what new works should I be doing? And it's important for us to remember these are spiritual disciplines. So you do not do these things in order to become Christian. God makes you a Christian, and now you do these things to live out the identity that God has given you, okay? And at Sacred City, we kind of have, you know, we, we talk about four main identities, family, missionary, servants, and learners. Mm -hmm. And we think those are kind of all-encompassing, that God makes us in a family, and then we have to learn, okay, what are the rhythms to being in the family of God, right? We eat together, we we worship together, we serve together, we pray together, we do all these different things, right? That, that it doesn't create our identity, but it affirms yep. our identity, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you will feel more like a child of God if you're actually operating, functioning as a developed family member in the body of Christ, yeah. right? Well, we talked about missionaries last time and the, the ability to share our faith and be evangelists. Mm -hmm. Today, we want to talk about serving. And again, this comes right out of, of our identity that Christ came not to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And we see this all through the life of Christ over and over and over. He talked about his will was subjugated to the father's will or his will was. So when I talked about the will of Jesus, Jesus has a divine will that's equal, it's one with God, and Jesus has a human will that just like just like ours, except it's not it wasn't sinful, that he had his own will. So just like us, Jesus avoided pain, right? Jesus did not willingly walk into doorposts, right? That, that's painful. So his will would be to avoid pain. His will would be to seek comfort. His will would be to prosper. He had a normal human will, okay? He wanted to be blessed and happy and all these different things. And yet, Jesus purposefully subjugated his human will to the Father's will. So in the yep. garden, he said, if it be possible, take this cup of suffering from me, but if not, thy will be done, right? Jesus did that. So Jesus had to purposefully don the identity of a servant, right? Jesus didn't naturally just in his human will, want to serve his brothers and sisters growing up or, or whatever. He had to choose to walk that identity. And as he did, it said, Scripture tells us he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. And, or he, he learned um, while he served. Right? That was something he had, he had to learn. And so Jesus comes not to be served, but to serve, and even takes this humility, this humble posture of letting children come to him, takes this humble posture of washing the feet of these stanky, gross disciples that he had, these apostles that he had, 
And then he looks at us and he says, basically, go and do likewise, mm-hmm. right? As I have served you, go and serve your brothers in Christ. And part of the one another's, and if you've ever read the New Testament, you know there's a lot of things that the Bible tells us to do to one another. Actually, there's 59, there's 59 one another verses. It says, it says love one another a bunch of times. It says serve one another. It says uh, be kind to one another, kind-hearted towards one another, serve one another as Christ has served you. And so these are things that we are, so Christ has served us in such a way that now we are to go out and serve others as a way of life, right? Now, is that a natural posture of a human being? Heck no. We, we want to be served, right? Like we want, we want to be kings and queens. We want people to like um, bow down to us. We want people to bring things to us. We want things on order, all the different things. We always want to be served before we want to serve others. And I think that's something that we, that's where we have to humble ourselves and come down to be able to actually serve and love our neighbors well. So what, if, if being a servant, if nobody wants to be a servant, right? Mm-hmm. I always joke and say, like, I'm okay being a servant until somebody treats me like one. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be like, you know what? I, 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 uh, so it's like this. Occasionally, oh, I had an old, I had an, a neighbor who was, she was like in her 80s. I'd be like, I'd be like son, let's go, mo- let's go uh, shovel her driveway. Like middle of blizzard, you know, let's go shovel her driveway, take that's me choosing to serve someone. Yeah. And there's a sense where it makes, I feel good about it. I'm doing a good thing. I'm doing a good deed. I'm, I know she's going to look at me. She's going to tell the neighbors. She's going to, she's going to be like, you, you guys should be like that Justin over there. That Justin over there, he's a, he's a great neighbor. You know. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm getting something out of that. But what if a person comes to me and is like, dude, like out of the blue, why didn't you, why didn't you shovel my driveway? Mm. Like, you shoveled her driveway. Why, why, do you, why do you shovel? You know, and it's going to treat me like, like they expect me to serve them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're going to treat me like a servant. I'll be like, who do you think you are? Yeah. Who do you think I am? Mm. Don't you know? You know, like, so I'm okay serving people when I want to do it, but to actually be treated like a servant, like I owe something to somebody. Mm. That's when I'm like, oh no, you're talking to the wrong guy. So then you stop serving? Of course, yeah. <laughs> now, you know what I mean? And I think that's that's being a servant in the flesh, mm-hmm. right? That's that's being a servant in in, in a way that Jesus um, doesn't or he condemns. Jesus condemns. He says, when you're serving others, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Yeah. In other words, don't be trying to get human praise, human glory mm. out of your service. So here's the deal. Trying to serve in public, judge. So people are watching yeah. you. So you get that pattern in the back. Oh, yeah, you see me? You on, see me shoveling? On Facebook Live. <laughs> on Facebook Live. You're hey, guys. It. Going live today. I'm Before shoveling my neighbor's <laughs> shoveling my neighbor's driveway for Jesus. Why? Because I'm a servant in heart. Right? And now the funny thing is, how many people do that? Oh, people do that. How many people do that? If you're doing that, stop doing that. <laughs> Publicize how much you're giving. Publicize how great of a servant you are. Yeah. Right? You're not serving people. You're serving your own self. You're serving your own reputation. Yep. Right? So we've talked about here, serving is not a natural thing for us to do. We want to be great. We want to be big. 
we don't want to feel like a servant. Can you imagine walking into my house, like, and, or, or me walking into your house, <laughs> expecting you to wash my feet? <laughs> oh, man, I'm just thinking of Jesus' days. They didn't even have bathtubs. They had, like, bowls. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was nasty, just splashing everything. Nasty, and they got, they got donkey poop in the streets. <laughs> like, literally, literally, it's, it's, that, it's that bad, you know? So... It's not natural for us. I always know it's a good podcast when Alex can't keep it. He can't hold I'm it dead. So if it's not natural for us, we want to be served rather than serve. Then, and there's, a, there's like a, this human way of serving that draws attention to ourselves and wants to tell everybody else how much of a servant we are. <laughs> you know, taking out billboards, talking about how, how much of a servant we are then what does it take to turn self-serving people into true servants? Well, it takes, it takes the humility to see how profoundly you've been served by Christ, how needy you are, and not even with our asking, God provides for us in a way that goes way above and beyond. And see the way that Christ... I mean, if you if you look at the ways that Christ served or served us, washing the feet is is so small compared to the agony that he took on for us. The way that he shouldered the load, he took on, he was willing to to lay his self down um, for the good of others, for the glory of God. And that's really what when we see the glory of God in the picture, that's what mobilizes true, authentic service, Christ-centered service, and not human glory. Like I'm trying to to get something from this, from you, I'm trying to give something that glorifies God. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, this comes back to the gospel that I'll never live out my servant identity until in humility, I will let Jesus serve me. I think my natural disposition is that of Peter you know, Peter doesn't want to be washed, right? Peter doesn't want to be washed. Like, oh, no, you can't wash me. I think that that's my, nat- like, no, nah, you ain't seen my feet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Jesus, look at my face. No, 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 stay away from my feet. Like, and he has to let Jesus wash him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He has to let Jesus do the uncomfortable thing. And of course, that was just setting Peter up. Peter, maybe he was embarrassed, Maybe he was proud, didn't want him to wash his feet. We know Peter didn't think Jesus actually had to die for him. Peter said, no, you're never going to die. Uh, and I'll never betray you. Mm. Jesus is like, listen, bro, you need washed and you are going to betray me. And Three you times. need more than that. Yep. You actually need me to die for you. Yep. That's the only thing that's going to get you out of your self-focused mentality, Peter. And so until we realize that we are so bad, so broken, so sinful, so lost that Christ had to leave heaven and come and find us. So what do we say to the people that don't want to be served? Are they actually like rejecting the gift? Man, just interrupted my gospel sermon. Oh, right I'm there. sorry. Go I, ahead. I was, go, I was ahead. About to go. go ahead. Preach in, it. Until we realize that we are so lost that Christ had to leave heaven to come save us. Yeah. We are such a sinner that Christ had to literally die and rise again to save us from our sins. Yep we will never allow Jesus to serve us. And until mm. we allow Jesus to serve us, 
we will never become a servant of others. So that is the entire dynamic of this all wrapped up into one thing. We have to be humbled and let Christ serve us. And then when we realize the depth of what he's done for us, now serving others becomes a way of life. Mm. Right? Absolutely. That's it. And that's why service, serving others, becomes so important because it can become a pulse that you can put your fingers on to see how well do I believe the gospel? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus talks about, oh yeah, or Proverbs talks about like the rich man serving another rich man, that's an economical bargain, right? I serve you because I expect to be served later. Called networking. It's called networking, man. It's called work in the system. It's called marketing or whatever you want to call it. But Jesus tells us that true service happens when people, with people who are the least of these, people who can't give back. Yeah. Serving kids. Mm-hmm. Right? You might not get nothing but a headache. For sure. From serving in the kids' ministry. Right? Serving the poor. Serving the mentally ill. Youth right? ministry. Serving the youth ministry. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Tate just said that because he is trying to get something out of this right now. <laughs> He's networking. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true too. Um, Jesus says that's how you really know if you get the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I think a a characteristic of God-glorifying service is joyful service. Mm. It's not a a begrudging, oh, I got to do this because Jesus did this and this is just, you know, this is my lot. It's, a part, again, a participation in, in what God is doing, that God would use me to advance his purposes and to delight in that and to see what a privilege, what a privilege to, to be resourced or to be in a position where God's blessed me. If, if I'm able to serve, that means that there's a point in my life where I don't need to be served the same way somebody else needs to be. Yeah. And God has blessed me. He's given me a station where now from that place, I'm able to bless somebody else. I'm able to step in and serve them in a way that they, they might need it. Yeah. And so there's a, a joy in seeing, man, thank God for what he's done in my life, and thank God he's done this. So now I get to share the blessings of this with somebody else. And so there truly is a delight in Christ-centered um, service that, that frees us from, from the ought-tos and should-bes and say, wow, Lord, thank you for, for this lot that I yeah. get to step into it. Yeah. And I would say... We need, we still need the oughts and we still need the should be's because that's how, again, you take your pulse. So if you go ask the normal American, should you serve the poor? Should you volunteer at nonprofits? Nine out of 10 says yes. And then you turn around and ask him, how many times have you done that in the last year? (laughs) Well, Well, I gave eight cents at Fairway when they asked me about them kids that had no legs or something. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is. Like those, <laughs> they always have something. If it's whatever it is, you know, they're asking you to donate your, your change at the end to take with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. 
That was a good one, I guess. <laughs> We're coming back, guys. We're coming back. But you, so you ask people, when, when have you actually done it? And most people, if they're honest, they're going to say never. Mm-hmm. And this shows us the huge gap between the things that we know we should do and the things that we actually do. And <clears throat> the law of God is meant to give us a standard that breaks through these. So, so many times people think, oh, yeah, yeah, you should serve. We should serve. Everybody should serve. And then so in their mind, they're actually a good person because they have the attitude that people should serve. Yeah. Right? Instead of, well, but have you done it? Well, if you haven't done it, then you're not a servant and then you're not a good person. (laughs) You're not that type of person. Well, the law puts that standard in front of our face and says, care for one another, love for one another, serve one another, give to one another, be kind-hearted towards another, meet each other's needs, pay each other's bills, bear each other's burdens. And it's not just a feeling that we should have, a benevolent feeling we have towards another that, oh yeah, people should do that. It's actually a standard for the people in your life. Have you done it? Have you actually done that? And if, if the answer is no, in the past weeks, months, days, I haven't done that, then the the actual reality is then you're a sinner who's disobeying God and not serving your brothers and sisters in Christ. So you're actually not serving. So even if you have this nice, sweet attitude that, yes, service is good and everybody should do it, if you're not actually doing it, you're a lawbreaker, a rule breaker, a covenant breaker, and you're sinning against God and you're sinning against your Christian families. Yeah. Or your, your, your Christian family, I mean the, the body of Christ, yeah. right? So, so we still need the standards. And so this is one of the reasons in missional community we have a people in a place that we're on mission to that we're purposefully, proactively serving at least once a month. I mean, that's like, if you, if you really are a servant, okay, if you really are a servant, don't you should think you should serve somebody once a month? Like, at I think least, that's, right? I, right? That's least. pretty when minimal. You look at the days in the year and you look at the months, you're doing it 12 times compared to 365 days. Yeah. <laughs> 12 times. So you know? at bare minimum to call yourself a servant 12 times <laughs> 12 a year, times. That's it. right? Bare minimum. <laughs> But most of us, I, I think most people just don't have any standard. They don't have, they don't even think, are, you know, do you serve people? Oh yeah, I serve people all the time. If you really got down to it, when do you serve? How often do you serve people who can't serve you? Yeah. Right? You picked up that coffee for your boss. Great. Was there any motive in there that, mm. you know, you might, he might, you know, give you a raise. He might think better of you, you know? Well, yeah, you picked up that thing. Was there a, were you doing that to get the better deal? Were you doing that in hopes down the road that person would serve you? Yeah. Okay, so I hate to tell, tell you this. In Christian service, those things don't mean anything because mm-hmm. they were ultimately, in a sense, they were self-seeking or a business deal or a tit-for-tat type of deal. Right. Christian service is meant to be towards the least of these, towards those who can't give you anything back, mm-hmm. right? And so... We just want to have that standard. You should be doing it at least once a month. Mm, yeah. You think a lot of people don't want to serve because they don't feel like giving up their time, their resources are, are willing to be hurt? Yeah, there's some of that. Um, 
I always say, number one, we forget our identity. Mm. We forget that we're servants. We're literally called servants of Christ. Yeah. If we're a servant of Christ, and the technical term is doulos in the Greek, which means slave. Mm. The technical term is a slave. We're a slave of Christ. That means when Christ says, serve in the, go serve in the kids' ministry, he commands us to do it. Yeah. Go serve the body of Christ. Go get, it's a command. And we're to respond like a slave. Have we been made children? Yes. But we're also, a slave's response is yes. Right? That's, that's our response. So we're called to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. You know? So we sh- there shouldn't be any Christians sitting in the Sunday gathering who aren't actively serving the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. On a Sunday yeah. morning, on a, at missional community, throughout the week, we should be actively serving if we understand who we are and what Christ has done for us. Yep. Right? And we, sh- we should be serving in such a way that doesn't need recognition from the pastors, doesn't need recognition from other people. We don't have to shout it from the rooftop, right? Like, hey, I cleaned the toilets this week. Put it on Facebook. Hashtag, I'm going to post a selfie of me in front of the toilets, cleaning the toilets. <laughs> Just let everybody know my, my servant identity. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. We should be doing it because Christ, who sees in secret, rewards us. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Christ who sends those anonymous people into our life, he's done it for a purpose, and we do this just because this is who we are. Right? That's good. I think one thing that's that's really neat, so if, if you get a group of people that everybody's leaning into their servant identity, what you get is a culture of blessing. Um, if everybody's laying themselves down for the benefit of the other and the glory of God, you mm. get a culture and environment where... God is being glorified, but it's also a really blessed place to be. Yeah. And you're not entering into it so you can get all this stuff, but it's just, man, it's such an exciting thing to see, okay, everybody's pulling weight, everybody's contributing as God's gifted them to do so, whether it's hospitality, whether it's whether it's cleaning, whether it's relationships in the hospitality foyer, wherever you would be. And it creates this place where it's great to be. It's a fun spot, it's joyful, it's, it's great. And, yeah. and when everybody is entitled and selfish... It's really stifling. Um, it's cold. People are looking out for, um, well, I've expected this person to do this for me. And mm-hmm. then it's like you, you start keeping an account of the perceived wrongdoings yeah. instead of leaning into, hey, I'm glad to give myself yeah, and great. not have recognition. And so a culture of joy, a culture of blessedness is, is really what people leaning into their servant identity creates. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, that's the idea. The idea is, obviously, Christ came to serve and not to be served. Mm. As soon as we start thinking we deserve to be served, we're forgetting the gospel. Mm. As soon as we start thinking, and this happens in missional community all the time, we start demanding people reach out to us. We start demanding people ask these questions of us or bring us these meals or do this thing. Like, what do you deserve? We have to constantly do this. And, it, and if you don't do this, then you're probably, you might be s- still kind of spiritually immature. What do I deserve? Mm-hmm. Kevin, what do I deserve? Death, hell, and the grave. Wow, you're a jerk. Yeah. Man. Amen. Death, hell, and the grave. That's exactly what I deserve. <laughs> Death, hell, and the grave is what I deserve. Mm-hmm. 
And yet Christ came and served me and gave me life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Right? And so I don't deserve anything above that. And anything above death, hell, and the grave is an absolute gift of grace. So, of course, do we, when, when somebody gets, gets sick, do we want to make meals for them? Yeah. When somebody has a baby, yes. But we have to be careful that we don't attrib- make those things rights, that somehow I now have the right to this. Mm-hmm. And so if a person makes me a meal that I don't like, now all of a sudden I'm like, you know, complaining about it. Oh, man, the rice was crunchy or so. Oh, God. What, you yeah. know, what it, it's like this was a gift of grace. Right. You should receive it as a gift of grace and chew that crunchy rice to the glory of God. That's what you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, because we're human and we're sinful, we often, we see somebody else get a blessing and then we say, I deserve that. Mm-hmm. So we want, well, somebody paid that person's bill. So now I'm over on my credit card bill or I'm over on my cell phone bill and I bring it to the missional community and the missional community just says, okay, we'll pray for you. I'm like, pray for me? You paid that guy's bill? <laughs> right. I'm expecting you to pray and write a check. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? And maybe maybe your MC missed it, but maybe the Spirit is going to provide that for you in a different way, mm-hmm. in a different avenue. Maybe it was your own irresponsibility, and you got to learn you know, the consequence of those actions. I don't know. But we, we do damage to our own soul when we want to be served rather than serve. Yeah. Right? Because our one of our core identities as a follower of Christ is that of servant. Mm-hmm. I think if you get the feeling like uh, somebody should be doing this, like somebody should be stepping in to deliver this thing, maybe that's the spirit giving you a prompt to lean into your servant identity. You be the one who lays your life down first. You be the one who steps in that and gives up your rights for the betterment of somebody else. And, and so if you do have this entitlement mentality... It's just going to be waiting, waiting, waiting. But that's the spirit working. He can yeah. call you into it. Yeah. yeah. And I think those areas, maybe, let's just say you can tell something's done really unprofessionally at the church and you're gifted in those ways. And that could be the spirit prompting you to step in and, and you're the guy, you're the gal that could really help shore up the church and serve the church in that way. And so the scripture teaches us that we're all gifted in certain ways and that we're to use our gifts to serve the body of Christ. And so those with the gift of leadership should leave. Those with the gift of hospitality should be hospitable. We're all not going to be able to serve in equal capacities in every area within the church. So you're going to be given some gifted areas. I mean, the spirit gives everybody gifts. So everybody has gifts to serve and you should be serving in those areas of gifting. But there's also going to be areas that God calls you to serve that you're not necessarily gifted in mm-hmm. that he's just calling you to step into and serve. Like we wouldn't say like Jesus was the most gifted foot washer, right? Only Jesus could die for us. He had to go to the cross and do that. Only Jesus could do that. That was yeah. something that he can do that none of us can do, but we can all wash each other's feet. And I don't think foot washing is a spiritual gift. Mm. Right? Yeah. We're all called to count others uh, better than us, right? Ahead of us. We're to count others. Um, so we're to treat others as we want to be treated and we're to go, go above and beyond, which gets us into this area of service 
that ultimately it 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 takes deep humility to serve others mm-hmm. yeah. right cuz you know John 5 talks about the Pharisees that they sought the praise that comes from men mm-hmm. in other words when we're serving usually when we're serving in our areas of giftedness Proverbs teaches that your gift will bring you before kings and you won't stand before obscure men. Mm-hmm. In other words, as we serve in our gifted areas and the spirit brings his super into our natural giftings, it lifts us up to, to kill it. You know, like when Joel's serving well with his gift of music, that's going to elevate him. Obviously, he's up on a platform that's going to elevate him and people are going to say, wow, you're, you're so good. When I'm serving in my gifted of preaching, people are going to say, wow, I really appreciate that. But there is an aspect of servant that's meant to go down mm. that you're not, nobody's going to recognize. Nobody's going to sing your praises. Right. Um, and yet that might be the best measurement of spiritual growth of all time. Well, no, no normal no, no perfectly human person, right? Because ultimately, the Lord knows. The Lord sees that, right? And so ultimately, the, the attaboy that people tend to seek out, that, that comes at the judgment seat, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Good and faithful what? Servant. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not good and faithful leader. Nope. Wow. You managed what I gave you well, right? Yeah. Y'all want to take your shoes off real quick? I think I got some. <laughs> yeah, sure. I got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Any? What? How, I mean, how's that hit you? Any thoughts? I'd be interested to see how we could navigate some defeater beliefs, right? To serving. Um, I don't have the time. I don't have the capacity. I don't feel called to serve in this capacity. I don't feel called to serve. Right, yeah. <laughs> then you're not listening to Jesus. Right. That's just you and your flesh. Yeah. I don't feel called to serve either. I don't feel called to wake up in the middle of the night for my crying two-year-old. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what God but is she, calling you to do. She's calling mm-hmm. you real loud. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, most of us don't feel called to take out the trash. We don't feel called to not respond snarky when our wife is upset with something we've done. Yeah. We don't feel called. You know, we could go down and down and down and down. Yeah. That's just your flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's just your flesh. Mm-hmm. And don't put, don't spiritualize your flesh. Don't mm-hmm. put some kind of Christianese onto your flesh. I don't really feel called to serve in the kids' ministry. Very few people do, but we have 150 kids and they need served. So, you know, like somebody better... Get to feeling called. You still feel called to send your kids yeah. every week. Do you feel called to having the kids in the service? Because if we don't have enough kids workers, I'm bringing them into the service. <laughs> hey, then yeah. all of a sudden, I don't feel called to go to that church anymore because they have a loud, disruptive service. <laughs> yeah, they have a loud, disruptive service because people like you didn't feel called in serving in the kids' ministry. <laughs> so that's just a cop-out. Yep. Most of the time, 100%, it's a cop-out. Every, and again, we, we, the, I don't have enough time. That is the universal cop-out for anything that's hard to do. And we make time for the things that are important to us. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think I just want to kind of circle back on the um, the piece where um, people don't feel like they want people to serve them. Like I, I asked that question a little bit earlier. Um, so what does it look like for those people that was like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of good. I really don't want to be served. You know, um, you may be financially good. You may be whatever it is. Um, but when it comes down to it, like maybe you need to be served in a way of prayed for or whatever the situation may be. What do you what do you say to those people? I think a lot of, if, if, I, if you don't mind, um, a lot of times that tends to be other podcasts. We're talking about people who are so quiet and so inward that it's pride, you know. Mm. I think there are similar themes in this. It can be this, well, I don't want to be a burden, which if you get down into that, it can be almost a mindset of my problem is so big that it's going to weigh all of these people down because it's such a massive, you know. So instead of I'm the biggest, best person in the world, kind of that outward pride, the inward pride is, well, this, this is just too big for everybody here. Nobody can handle this. Yeah, there's that. There's just, I just don't want to be a burden and, yep. you know, this is really not that big a deal. I'm wealthy. I'm well off. People in our group are struggling with addiction and they're, they don't have the money and their problems are so much more big, more important and bigger than mine. There's all that. The, the reality is the danger in that is, again, if you don't let Christ serve you, yeah. you're not a Christian. Mm. So the, the people in that room are the body of Christ. And so you have to allow them to serve you. And letting them serve you is as much about you as it is about them. They get to use their gift and you get to develop your humility of actually receiving. Mm -hmm. Because for a highly competitive, competent, successful type of person, being served can feel like failure. Yeah. I'm not that type of person. I've worked to get myself here, so I don't need anybody else. Mm -hmm. Well, being a part of the body, Paul talks in, I can't remember if it's Corinthians, I think it might be, but I can't remember off the top of my head, that the rich are supposed to give in such a way that the potential for them going broke and actually having to ask for help is there. Mm. Because he talks about the gift being a, like mutual beneficial, like right now you've got abundance, you should give as much as you possibly can. And yeah, down the road, that might put you in a position where you might actually have to need, need to ask for help. And that's a good thing, Paul yeah. says. So Paul warns us, and Jesus warns us not to trust in our riches, right? Because they, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And so sometimes, you know, wealthy people, successful people need to give in such a way that it could potentially threaten their future to meet needs in the present. And then to actually have to ask for help sometime down the road, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, guys, I do actually need you to help. They can't just hire the mover. They actually have to have their missional community come help them move, yeah. you know, or whatever, whatever the, the deal is. So, yeah, the desire to never need, want to be served, that, that can definitely be a source of pride and spiritual pride that could be potentially very dangerous. It's good. Yeah. So practical, where are you serving right now? Where are you serving? Do you serve the church? Where are you serving? How often do you serve? You know, are you serving the city some way? Are you serving your neighbors? Are you serving in your missional community? It's a, it's a, you know, it's an identity that you've been given by Christ. And it's something that we, that we need to keep our pulse on to measure really 
how well am I believing the gospel right now? If, I, if I'm expecting people, and this is a good, because it, it gives me a good check in my heart. If I start complaining, nobody's helping, nobody's serving. I'm the only one bringing food. I'm the only one here. I'm the only one doing this. That shows me my spiritual equilibrium has been thrown off. Mm. And I'm forgetting how much Christ has served me. I'm forgetting how indebted I am to Christ. I'm forgetting that I could literally go like Mother Teresa and serve the poor in India, and I could never like pay back one iota of what Christ has paid for me. Yeah. Right? So it's good for us to do that kind of... Um, <clears throat> you know, balancing the checkbook, balancing the spiritual checkbook a little bit, being reminded of what Christ has done for us. Mm. So is that it? That's it. All right, guys. So serving is a spiritual discipline. It's something we got to develop. We got to learn how to get better at it. We got to lean into this identity that we've been given in Christ. So hopefully you are serving your family, you're serving your missional community, and you're serving your church as a whole, and you're also going to serve your neighbor. Um, man, if, if we did this, if all of us at Sacred City did this, what what would our neighbors think of us? What would the city say about us, right? How would this enhance our evangelism that we talked about last week, right? How much better would our Sunday gatherings be if we, we, we came in showing up on Sunday gathering to serve rather to be served? Yeah. Showing up at missional community to serve rather to be served. How much more fruitful would we be? And let's just pray that the Spirit would continue to do this in us and through us in the city. Well, hopefully this has been helpful to you. Um, if you've got any questions, please email me, Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. You can email Sam at Sam at sacredcitychurch.com. Guys, we really do. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Mm-hmm.